Baffled by the fact that under capitalism, the working class is forced to sell its labor to survive. It's a miracle, a miracle. I knew this guy, he'd been in a motorcycle accident and it really ruined him. And he was like a linesman, you know, working on the power. And he was working with someone who had Parkinson's disease and they had complementary inadequacies. Two of them could do the job of one person. And so they're out there fixing power lines in the freezing cold, despite the fact that one was three quarters wrecked with a motorcycle accident and the other one. He's talking about a society that does not adequately take care of its people, of its disabled workers, while simultaneously loving how awesome it is that these people who are like up have to still work. They are so up that it is hard for them to complete the work of one person, and yet they are still out in the freezing cold. By the way, this is a, a, a classic that happened uh, type story where it's not true. Like, it's just like, that's definitely a fake ass story but the fake story he chose to tell is still one that is like horrifying a normal human being with like a shred of empathy would hear this and go this is psychotic those people should be pursuing other things that are not physical they should be able to have fulfillment elsewhere society or a functioning competent government should take care of those people capitalism is poggers because people with late stage parkinson's disease still have to do hard labor to survive in the cold. That's how our civilization works. It's like, there's all these ruined people out there. They've got problems like you can't believe. Off they go to work and do things they don't even like. And look, the lights are on. This is yet another instance, like we're watching those like get rich quick scammers describe how a fundamentally broken system works, but they say it with like a, like a positive association. So you are left to believe that this is a positive thing, but because it's actually true, uh, the thing that they're saying, uh, if you have a shred of empathy, you hear that and you go, that's fucking psychotic. That's not good. That's bad. You described wage slavery and how people who are like fucking forced to do hard labor to keep your shitty fucking lights on when they themselves are in no position to be doing hard labor, but they are forced to do so. That's not a beautiful thing, dude. My God, it's unbelievable. It's, it's a miracle. It's a miracle. Yeah, what a miracle that is, dude. Oh shit, hold on. I do want to watch this though. This is apparently exactly in the same light as that one. Jordan Peterson gets emotional. It will give you goosebumps. Listen carefully. Why don't you just try to work as hard as you can at your damn job for like six weeks? Right, all flat out. You know, if you work 10% longer hours, you make 40% more money. You're false. Straight up false. Absolutely made up. He did not get that statistic from anything, okay? That is a completely made up false statistic. That's something worth thinking about. You know, you've got a job. Maybe you show up 15 minutes early and you leave 15 minutes late. Why? There is absolutely zero reason. Okay, I'll just say this. A lazy worker is a smarter worker than one who works hard unconditionally. Because if you are doing wage labor for someone else, and this is going to be very frustrating for people because your entire life people have told you, you have to work hard. You have to work harder than everybody else. And like, you'll be gifted. You'll be celebrated. Like people will fucking give you, uh, you know, people will venerate you. They'll accomplish, you know, they'll, they'll love how much you've accomplished, blah, blah, blah. This obviously does not extend to people who are working for themselves, okay? Or working on themselves rather. But I'll tell you this much. A lazy worker is technically smarter than a harder worker because the reality is that you as a worker want to work the least amount of time for the most amount of pay. It's normal. 
and your boss wants you to work the most amount of time for the least amount of pay. This is the antagonism and the, the conflict of interest built into the heart of capitalism, the system. So anyone who tells you like, when you're working, you gotta work super fucking hard. You gotta fucking do everything you can and you'll get paid more. That's bullshit. No, you won't. And you will certainly never get paid exactly the amount of value that you bring with your labor. That will never happen. Why? Because of what is known as profits. A company cannot have profits if they pay their workers the fair due. If they actually pay their workers exactly how much money their workers are generating, then there's no profits. Profits are surplus labor value extracted from the workers. That's just it. Simple as. Simple as. All right. Simple as, prof. What about the capital that the capitalist risk, though? I don't give a fuck about the capital that the capitalist risk. There are already protective mechanisms there. And the thing that capitalists are fucking risking, ultimately, is to become a worker once again. And man, they will literally, they treat that like it's death. Why? Because the, they know how they treat the workers. That's why. Not like when you lose your capital, you get fucking killed. Not like when you lose your capital, you fucking go to jail. When you lose your capital, you risk becoming a worker once again. And because you, the capital owner, absolutely destroy all of your fucking workers and exploit them and take their surplus labor value, you do not ever want to get back to that position. Every capital owner that owns a small business, that owns a big business, knows this reality that the biggest fear that they have in their heart of hearts is to one day become a worker again to a boss like themselves. Perception of working hard is more important than actually working hard. Learned this a couple of years ago and I've gotten promoted more, but work less. Yeah. Notices because people would probably notice and then maybe someone's going to get promoted and maybe it'll be you because something's going to tilt the scales and that little extra bit of work done without cynicism and resentment might be enough. Well, he said he started at 21 bucks an hour and in six weeks he was making $37 an hour. And it's not a king's ransom, man, but it's a hell of a lot more than zero and it's quite a lot more than 21. He said his life had turned around substantially because he learned if he put some damn effort into it and trying- Oh, the, the personal anecdotes of a singular individual that was uh, rewarded for working harder by a boss that noticed is actually uh, what we should pay attention to to in this circumstance despite it going against their best interest to do so you don't have a better bloody plan than to do your best and it tends to work a lot better than you think and what's so interesting about the hierarchies that people set up is that that's how they're set up they're not set up on power hierarchies are not set up on power then how are hierarchies defended without power a hierarchy is just someone being like i'm cooler than you that's it. Hierarchies are nothing without power. What a fucking delusional, idiotic, moronic fucking take, dude. If wealth was the inevitable result of hard work and enterprise, every woman in Africa would be a millionaire. Or like literally everyone fucking born in an Indian slum would currently be the richest person on the planet. Clearly meritocracy is a lie and probability is a significantly larger factor in how successful you are going to become than anything else. Isn't your zip code literally the number one predictor for future success? Yup. Literally, I'm a software engineer and the people in my company, squads, who are higher up the ladder make exponentially more money than me to write exponentially less code with every step up the ladder you go. Yes, that's why it's a laughable notion that like a company cannot operate without a CEO. No, the company can actually never operate without a worker. The company absolutely can operate without a CEO though. That is the hilarious part about it is that like, sure, 
is there some level of organization necessary, like a managerial position? Absolutely. Are there more democratic ways of choosing who that fucking manager is supposed to be? Also, absolutely. But there is no way a company can work without the laborer, without the wage laborer. That's it. There is no value without labor. You can try to justify paying people less by saying labor is replaceable. Labor is replaceable. It's not important. But ultimately, you're still replacing laborers with other laborers, okay? And it's deeply cruel and inhumane to justify paying less than living wages to human beings because other people could take that job in their stead. You know, and if you're in a job where you work hard and you're a good guy and, and you're doing your best and your boss is a bloody tyrant and you, you never get a break, it's like, okay, fine. You're in a Foucault world. Get the hell out of it. You're you in know? a Foucault world. Get your resume. Wait, he said Foucault. He didn't say fucko. I think he was talking about Foucault, right? The French philosopher. But the guy thought he was saying fucko. I don't even know how like Foucault works in this situation. Like he's he saying it's like a prison. Like, I don't really know what he means by like, you're living in a fucking Foucault world. Fill in the educational gaps that you can have, that you have, send out your 25 resumes a day and prepare to make a lateral move because you're in a bad place. But almost everywhere, and this certainly been the case virtually everywhere I've worked and I've had like 50 jobs. What is the part where we get goosebumps? Because I can't, like I'm listening very carefully and I've yet to have a single goosebump. Go somewhere else, because you can, right? You're, it's not easy. Oh wow, ultimately your... by the way, his argument is still reduced to, oh, are you in a dead end fucking job? Just go get a job somewhere else, sweaty. Like it's that fucking simple, dude. This is the incredibly frustrating fucking reality that like ultimately when you arrive at any sort of prescriptive solution, your argument devolves into, oh, are you homeless? Just buy a home. Do you not like your job? Just get a job somewhere else that pays more. Just slide on the Indeed slider to $75,000 a month, bucko. Or $75,000 a year, sorry, I said a month. But maybe you should slide it to that. It's not easy. You, you can't just walk out the door and instantly find another job, but you're not enslaved. You quite literally are enslaved in a capitalist society to make these sorts of fucking decisions. Why? Because healthcare is not free. Healthcare is not universal. This is one of many different ways that a capitalist, hyper-capitalist society like the United States of America will trap you into a lifetime of destitute wage slavery. How do they do that? In order to become a more productive laborer, okay, in order to become a more productive worker, you go to college and you learn skills you're supposed to be, or you go to a trade school and you learn skills. Regardless, you're learning something, right? And then in that process, maybe you're fortunate enough to be able to get a job. But before you get to that point, now you've taken on debt. You have now taken on a profound amount of debt to better yourself to have more skills to become a more productive laborer in comparison to other countries the amount of debt you've taken is profound it is sizable it is vast now you have to pay off that debt so now you're in the debt trap how do you pay off that debt well you have to actually get a job what if you don't have any good jobs because all the good jobs are taken by those who were uh recipients of intergenerational wealth and legacy admissions into these institutes of higher learning that are you know way better at networking all the good jobs are taken so what do you do you take a job wherever you can now that job is not paying you well but you think hey this is short term i will eventually get a good job but like i have to start paying this fucking debt so now you took a job that is not even helpful Okay, now you took a job 
that is not even applicable to the technical skills that you learned or the skills that you uh, learned or whatever your specialty was, right? Now you are paying for, now you're paying the debt that uh, you were saddled with because you want to become a more productive worker by taking on a job that, that is not paying you adequate wages. Now you have to do that, except just switch your job, right? If you're lucky enough, that job also offers you benefits in the form of healthcare. Now you are completely trapped. Make a decision. Move away from that job. Move away into the same, uh, move away into a different sector that where your applicable skill sets are worthwhile. How will you do that? What are you going to do? Go for potentially months without pay? Go for potentially months without healthcare? What happens if you get into a car accident? What happens if you get sick? Now you are saddled with even more debt. Now you are even in a worse condition than you were beforehand. Now you definitely have to take that fucking job that you did not want to take. This is the reality for the overwhelming majority of the working class in this day and age. This is the new generation. And this is by design. Other countries do not saddle you with debt just for the sake of becoming a more productive worker. Other countries also do not trap you into whatever job that you had to take, that you were forced to take to survive and to pay off that debt with the marriage of healthcare and the job that you have. Now you're fucked and it's completely outside of your power. And not only that, but for the average worker, Budget shortfall is built into your existence, and that is by design, because as Jordan Peterson also correctly pointed out when talking about the guy who had Parkinson's and the other guy who was absolutely bloody wrecked by a motorcycle incident, someone has to keep the lights on. Someone has to clean the toilets. Now, there are two different methods of doing this, by positive reinforcement, by making you understand that you are valuable, that you have a stake in ownership in the business itself, and that's precisely why you understand it's like, you know, owning your own house or whatever, where you're like, oh yeah, I'm going to clean my fucking living space because I want to live in a, a cleanly uh, living space. Or by putting the fear of God into you that if you don't actually go and take on that job when you fucking clean the toilets or take on that job where you are, you know, working on a power line, despite the fact that you are, uh, you know, severely disabled and it's actually gruesome work, backbreaking labor that you normally should not be engaging in. Because otherwise, you will never put food on the table, you will never pay that debt, and your life will get shittier and shittier and shittier, year after year. That is the unfortunate reality of capitalism for the overwhelming majority of the working class. It's just by design. This is the way that this, this system is designed. So whenever I hear people talk about, like, just change your job, fucko, that is the rantings of an incredibly privileged individual who has never had to face that struggle, that scary reality that, like, what if this doesn't work out for me. You could make a move. You could even decide that you're going to make a move and double your salary. You know, it's not a bad goal and it's certainly a possibility. Yeah, you could. It is you also could go back to square one where you don't have a job and now you don't have health care either. And now you are renting, so you have to pay rent. How are you going to pay that? It isn't hierarchy. It's ethics that determines success in a functional society. It's also bullshit. All of the top wealthiest individuals are not known for their ethics or their code of conduct. It's about how predatory they are willing to be. It is quite the opposite. If you are to ascribe a moral value to capitalism, which is simply just the organization of the economy, but most people do ascribe a moral value to it. They think it's bad. The people at the tippy top are those who are willing to be predatory. I could be a fuckload more predatory in the way that I operate. For example, now that I am someone who has actually made money, I see it every fucking day. I see it in every decision that I make. A decision to work with uh, union-made domestic manufacturers means that your, uh, that your profit margin is going to be slim. 
It's simple. And many people decide to not do that because they're like, why the fuck would I? Of course, I'm going to work with a, a drop shipping a company in China. Of course. Why the fuck not? Of course, I'm going to cut corners everywhere I can. Why the fuck not? I personally think that that's unethical. And if you were to ask people individually how they feel about it, they would also think that that's unethical. But people don't want to do that. People don't want to make these ethical decisions. The rest of it's a bloody lie. And that doesn't mean that all our systems are perfectly ethical. You got to be awake. If you're in a system, there's going to be some corruption in it. Part of what you're supposed to do is keep your damn eyes open for the corruption and your mouth speaking truth. So when the corruption starts to take root, you object to it. Yeah, except when people do actually recognize that and do choose to speak out against that corruption in our unjustifiable system that is built upon unjustifiable hierarchies. Then you say, clean your room and fix your own fucking bed, bucko, before you start casting stones from your glass house. This notion that Jordan Peterson is actually a pro sticking it to the fucking man and fighting back against the systems is just false. You take your place in the world as a decent person and as a decent citizen, and then and you play the hierarchical game properly. And that is to stand up straight with your shoulders back. It's like... The world's an onslaught. You've got the tyranny of culture to deal with. You've got the catastrophe of nature. You've got your own damn malevolence and ignorance, right? All coming at you. Plus the incredible, complicated, indeterminate potential of the future. That's all coming at you. And it's all your responsibility. And you can cringe away from it and be afraid of it and be victimized by it and be bitter and cynical about it. And, and no wonder, because it can be painful. Oh, he's now, he's now turning around and saying, like, after he said, unethical systems certainly exist. And what you are supposed to do uh, is, is combat that with ethics. It, but now he's saying, you know, but combating that is also you crying like a bitch. It is the hyper-individualism that gets people. Yes. And of course, hyper-individualistic attitudes are uh, ones that are consistently reinforced in a hyper-capitalist society. It is the easiest way to dupe dumbasses into thinking that like, they have the power as an individual. Do not get together. Do not engage in collective action. Don't do it. Don't ever do it. It's actually hyper-individualism that helps you. No, hyper-individualistic attitudes amongst the working class only helps those who own capital, okay? Because united, you bargain through collective bargaining. But divided, you beg. I wasn't so much interested in the totalitarians as a group. I was interested in the people who undertook the terrible acts that the totalitarians required. You know, the people who, I was just rereading Ordinary Men, and it was a story about a police battalion in Poland that trained ordinary policemen to take naked pregnant women out into the fields and, sh and, and, and shoot them in the back of the head. It takes a lot of training, by the way, what is this? before you do that. What is and this stock footage, bro? By the end of it. There's more to us than there is to the horror nature is, bent on our destruction. Bad as culture is, tyrannical and bloody, back as far as you can look. As malevolent as you are in, in the darkest part of your heart. And that's plenty malevolent. Possibility that's within you that can well up the, the courage and the truth and the ability and the skill. And oh God, he just sucks so much. He is so fucking boring, dude. I'm sorry, okay? But this shit is so incredibly whack. He's just rambling on and, and you really have to just think he's profound to be like this word salad, this word salad actually makes sense and is, is incredible. And it changed my mind. It's giving me goosebumps. And the proof for me of an old saying, I 
I read from Carl Jung. It's an alchemical motif in Sterquilinus Inventor, which is what you most want to be found will be found where you least want to look. Is this Lauren Southern crying because there's kebab shops in the UK? Lauren Southern, when she found out race mixing is legal. And it's so interesting because it means that if you're willing to turn around and to stand up, say, and stand up straight and face the darkness, like fully, what you discover at the darkest part is the brightest. Oh my God, he's crying now. Okay, dude, I'm toxic. Straight up toxic masculinity. Bro, if this, if you whip yourself up into a frenzy in your, in your own bullshit word salad about like, it's darkest before dawn, yada, 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 you're a fucking huge weirdo and you should be made fun of, okay? I'm sorry. And that's something that's so much worth discovering because there's going to be <laughs> terrible darkness in your life. Because if you looked at it enough and you didn't shy away and you brought everything you had to bear on it, you'd find that there was more to you than there was to the horror. Bro, this is literally him talking about how he overcame apple cider killing him. You would think he's talking about like how he, I don't know, personally fucking liberated uh, uh, people from a concentration camp. But instead, he's just talking about him sipping on apple cider and almost dying. What kind of profound ethical decisions has Jordan Peterson uh, had to make in his lifetime uh, when faced with like incredibly unethical hierarchies that he's had to defeat uh, by individually fucking, I don't know, uh, figuring out a way to, to overcome oppression? Jordan Peterson when asked not to misgender a student. This is Jordan Peterson when someone told him that like, you know, women have access to birth control and therefore can, you know, make decisions over their own bodies uh, more effectively. JP helped me get out of the depression mindset too. I own his book and everything. I still find all criticism toward him very valid. I'm not interested in following him any longer. Yes, the reality is that Jordan Peterson's pop psychology garbo, which is not unique to Jordan Peterson, is tried and true strategies to better your life and improve yourself i do not have a problem and i personally also regularly advocate to set short-term goals for yourself that will then ultimately achieve long-term goals that you set for yourself and that is a good thing that uh, you know small successes throughout your day will genuinely improve your mindset you know you can kickstart your day by making your bed that is true but that does not change the reality that Jordan Peterson also is trying to subtly red pill you into seeing the world uh, through his eyes. And it's not an accident that a lot of people that get caught up in that, okay, that caught up in that, get caught up in that because they like have actually used his pop psychology, uh, you know, understandable cliche uh, talking points that you could have read anywhere else, then find themselves believing that society is at fault for their personal failures, which is hilarious. It's actually women not wanting to fuck you that is the problem, right? If we only lived in a more traditionalist society, then women would be forced to, you know, take your hand in marriage. He's literally seeking out vulnerable people in their worst moments and giving them an antidote not to kill themselves, but that antidote also comes along with, uh, you know, it, by the way, that's not a 100% Situation, but that antidote also comes along with a fuckload of of red pilled nonsense. Is Ethan getting JP to come on leftovers? And would you mind it, dude? I would love that. Why are people so surprised by this? I would love to talk to J. I would love to talk to JBP. Three, four years ago, I never would have thought that I would have the opportunity. Right now, I legitimately do have the opportunity. I'm very excited for it.